You're listening to Wander in Rome. Hey, uh, Aldern? Yes? It just struck me, you know, we've been traveling together all this time, but I never even knew first thing about you. Like, do you have any hobbies? My life is pretty busy right now, what with the traveling and the tending uh-huh. of these small and forgotten gods, mm-hmm. but I've always wanted to make time to write a book. Two questions, what book and why not? Eventually, I'd like to write the story of our travels together, but I feel like I will be in a better position to write them once our travels have ended. Hey, could you change my name in that story? Oh, what would you like it changed to? Strong Lewis. Strong Lewis. The Heathcliff rumbles through the hills, approaching a large, bustling town. As they near the town, the train bucks like a horse, launching our friends cartoonishly onto the green lawn of a busy school. Welcome to Euclid University. Whoa! That was fun. Raindrop will face the train and wave her hand goodbye. Thanks, thanks train for the ride. Just spit us right out without so much as a toot toot. Choo choo? Oh, what an insult. I mean, we did steal it, so I guess... I'm surprised we got as far as we did without any train tracks. Hey, not to change the uh, mood here, guys, but... uh... Look at where we are. Dude, you're in the middle of our ultimate frisbee game. Bro, like, what are you doing? Oh no, I swore myself I'd never return to the quad. <laughs> Is this a college? Alder, with all your, like, book learning and whatever, I-, I assume that you would know what a college is. Oh, I'm familiar with... Sorry, I'm just a bit shaken up. I hit my head rather hard. Well, bro, you're, like, bleeding out of your temples, bro. Hey, hey, may I speak to you, Private? Me? Yeah, come here. Uh, okay. What's up, bro? Look, I know Aldern, my friend. He is uh, bleeding profusely from a wound in his head right now. Oh. But <laughs> if you could just keep it cool, uh, maybe downplay the situation, we try not to remind him of his coming death. <laughs> it's a plague in the ground already. Anyway, uh, if you could just help us out with that, I would appreciate it. And Hamish just, like, claps him on the shoulder a couple times. The university campus is expansive. There are rows of trees that are people sitting on park benches reading books. There are students walking between the buildings, talking to each other about the various things that they're learning. And hanging above several stone pillars is a large sign that reads, Grand Debate Today, Main Hall. Uh, squeakers, what's a university? Oh, well, that, that's a mighty fine question there, Raindrop. You see, a university is uh, a place where uh, a bunch of snobby rich kids go because they don't know how to work. Hey, I went to a university. Case in point. <laughs> they got a lot of books and a lot of fancy talking folks that, uh, again, don't know how to work with their hands. But if you ever wondered what a shared bathroom looks like? I mean, I, sh- I share the bathroom with my family. Fair, fair. Uh, shared bathroom for thousands of 19-year-old boys. Ew. Oh. They've got those at universities. Oh, it's even worse than I thought. I don't like this place. <laughs> Aldrin will turn to the dogs that were playing frisbee and say, What is the debate on today? Oh, bro, don't you know? 
like one of the most important debates of our generation. Yeah, they gave us a half day so we could all watch. So we're playing Frisbee instead. Are they discussing deforestation? Oh, no, no, bro. What about proper agricultural techniques to preserve resources? Uh, no, no, they're not I'm talking about that. <laughs> Maybe the principles of Hervin Glavin Herben Jensen? No, we talked about those last week. What are they discussing then? They're discussing, like, the moral differences between, um, butterside-up toast and butterside-down toast. Wait a minute. For toast to become butterside-down, it begins as butterside-up toast. If you have strong opinions about that, man, maybe you should go talk it over with the professors. Yeah, they're actually having the debate, like, right now. It only started about 20 minutes ago. You could go listen if you wanted to, man. Yeah, we're just gonna stay on the grass, bro. If you could, uh... Get off our frisbee, that'd be rad. Oh, this frisbee? Yeah. And Raindrop will just chuck it into the field. Whoa! Uh, I don't want to go yeah, get it. You no, want to play hacky yeah. sack? Daddy, let's, let's play some hacky sack, man. Boy, I sure would love to stay with these two. <laughs> if you want to, man, you can pull up a sack. I can pull up a sack? Yeah, bro, sack? do you hacky? One of the dogs lightly lobs the hacky sack towards Hamish. Nope, whoa, stop it. I said I was leaving. Oh, no, I think they meant for you to kick it, Hamish. Oh, that's a bummer, dude. Oh, dude, you're really harshing the vibe, man. I'm leaving. Let's go to the south side of the quad. Yeah, let's go to the south side. Bye, guys. Bye. Why are they talking to me like that? The gang marches towards the main hall. There are large marble sculptures lining the halls and gaudy carpet stretching from side to side. On the walls of the university, between the pillars, are portraits of former presidents of the college. That looks like an auditorium. Yeah, I can see some folks funneling in there. Sitting in front of the double doors, blocking the path in, is a young gopher. He's handing out flyers to people walking in and holding the door for him. Is there a price for admission? Obviously, you've never been to a public uh, institution because, uh, of course, there's no... Fee for entry, obviously. Free, guys. I look free. But you don't gotta get nasty. You think that this is nasty? You think that I'm being nasty right now? A, l a little bit. Okay, hypothetically, for the sake of argument, let's just say that I'm being nasty. Okay, I'm gonna not listen to you, and Hamish puts his hand on his face and just moves him to the side and walks into the auditorium. Thank you, Gopher. Thanks, man. I guess you're welcome. <laughs> Where's that nerd puncher? Walking into the auditorium, the seats are filled. It's very dark in the audience, but the light is directed towards the stage. On the stage are four animal folk, two on one side and two on the other. In the middle stands a weasel in a suit and tie with a pair of spectacles. And he stands in front of a microphone and says, Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us today. To my left, we have Dr. Heathcliff and Dr. Napoleon, who will be representing the butter-side-up argument. And to my right, we have Doctors Bartholomew and Bilfred, who will be representing the butter-side-down arguments. The audience goes absolutely wild. Where were these folks when uh, we were doing that there race? There certainly is a lot of energy in this room. I've never seen people so enthused over Butterside Up and Butterside Down. I don't understand what the question is. is. Does anyone think it's better to have butter on the bottom of your toast? 
I, I suppose there's only one way to find out, Hamish. And... If we should have time for it, the second question is, should the government invest funds in preemptive measures to ensure that our city will not be washed away in the event of a minor flood? Whoa, I don't know why they just don't start with that one. Oh, that's serious? They're kind of burying the lead there a little bit. A minor flood. Up first, on the side of Butterside Up, Dr. Heathcliff. I love you, Heathcliff. (laughs) <laughs> it is I, Dr. Heathcliff, here to tell you about why one must make sure that their butter is up. I have a question. There will be plenty of time for questions during the Q&A. Now, one might wonder, what is the point of having your butter on the top? Well... Might I appeal to your sense of tradition? Our fathers and their fathers and their fathers' fathers... That's enough, Heathcliff. Regardless, they all butter their toast up. Dear audience, I would leave you with this as the opening argument. One must butter their toast on the top in order to ensure that the butter doesn't get transferred to the device in which you carry the toast on. How would one carry toast butter side down on a plate? Thank you. A mule steps forward in front of the microphone. My name is Dr. Belford. It is not enough to simply appeal to our sense of tradition without our attempts to butter toast butter side down. We will always be buttering toast butter side up to your point as to if you will get butter upon any plates or napkins. I would argue, who does set down their toast? Why don't you just eat your toast in one bite? Well said, Bartholomew. Well said, Billford. Uh, Billford. That's right. I'm Bartholomew. My bad. <laughs> Thank you for those opening arguments. Up next, a rebuttal. Thank you, thank you, Dr. Napoleon here, as you all know. Hi, Dr. Napoleon. I love you too. <laughs> Just like we talked about, Napoleon. You believe in me? I've always believed in you. (laughs) All right. I'm here to appeal not to your conscious minds, but to your spirits. The maintenance of a piece of toast covered in butter is made possible only by a concerted, meaningful effort by conscious minds. The fall of butter to the bottom of a piece of toast, on the other hand, represents the pull of chaos in the universe. Thank you, Dr. Napoleon. Up next, a response from Dr. Bartholomew of Butterside Down. Dr. Bartholomew will stand up, and it is a very dapper rat with a little blue bow tie. Yes, yes, well done. Counterpoint. Hello, I am Dr. Bartholomew, and I would like to say- We know. Was that the counterpoint? I'm just introducing, (laughs) I see some new faces in the crowd. Anyway, you speak of tradition, like our ancestors who would build things with sticks. 
Must we keep to tradition when there are better methods, such as buttering our toast butter side down? Ooh. Is it not the delightful taste of butter that should first hit your tongue when you eat a delicious piece of toast? Ooh. Heathcliff, we're in trouble. If this is our last go, I must say, I love you. <laughs> I'm glad of all the people I could have done this with. I did it with you. Thank you, Dr. Bartholomew. We will now have a brief recess. Please join us again in five minutes' time. Oh, guys, I didn't think butter could get this intense. Yeah, I... They're very invested in this butter side up or down. Also, they get paid to look like it's important. That's a very good point. Mm. Does anybody uh, else find it weird that those two professors just proclaim their love for each other? But there's a very strong romantic tension. I think they thought that it was a whispered conversation, but in effect it was not. I am more interested to see the outcome of that conversation than I am the butterside up or butterside down debate. You're, not, you're never too old for love. Also, I find it odd that they started with the butterside up or butter... That's, that seems like a kind of a nonsensical debate, aren't they? Going to discuss the spending of government funds to protect the town from minor floods. Maybe they assumed that that one was just such a gimme that they could save it for the end with no additional effort spent or something. Yeah, you know, Hamish, I, I definitely agree with you there. I mean, there's no way that anybody would think that that'd be a bad thing, right? Uh, the way they set up these debates, it will be two people arguing against it, even if it's just for the sake of argument. From behind, the gopher pops up and says, Did you say for the sake of argument? Oh, oh. God, it's one of these. <laughs> Hi, sir. What's your name again? Uh, my name is um Jeff. Thank you very much. Thank you for asking. What's your last name? Jeff. Jeff, 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 your Jeff. name is Jeff, Jeff, and not perhaps Jeff, well, Jeff well, Nerdington. Well, technically, uh, my first name is actually Jeffrey, uh, so it's Jeffrey, Jeff. Jeffrey, Jeff. However, I prefer to shorten it and go by Jeff, so. Uh, Jeff is short for Jeff. Why don't you just go by your last name instead of shortening your first? Well, obviously, uh, that's just not how it's done. It's just not how it's done, and uh, sh shut up, shut up, just shut up. I thought you wanted an argument, Jeff. That's not how it's done. Just shut up. You can't win an argument by telling me to shut up, Yes, I can. Shut up. <laughs> I think that you may be on the wrong side of history here, Alton. <laughs> yeah, shut up. Anyway, you seem like you came over because you had something else to say. Oh, yeah. We uh, we have to clean this spot out for the uh, during the intermission, so uh, get out. You can come uh, back uh, in a minute. Ooh. Hold on. Okay. You're going to kick everyone out during a five-minute recess so that you can clean all the seats? Yes. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of our recess. Thank Please you. return to your seats. Oh, sorry, Jeff. Jeff. <sighs> I guess until next time. I hope we don't ever see this guy again. He seems like a reoccurring character. <laughs> now don't wander off. Wander in Rome will be right back. Hey friends, Addison here. The 15th annual Grassroots Shakespeare Company Summer Tour is launching in late May. These tours are where Soren, Gary, Steve and I met, and Wander in Rome would quite literally not exist without them. They'll be bringing Twelfth Night, Hamlet, and The Tempest to parks throughout Utah through late June. 
If you've somehow not seen a grassroots show before, these crowd-pleasing accessible performances are not to be missed. Grab some snacks, roll out a blanket on a warm summer's night, and see these spectacular, raucous productions with music by our very own Gary Argyle. Check out the schedule on Facebook. Say hi to Gary and the cast and let them know Wandering Rome sent you. people to know Danny. You're Danny. Who am I? Summer. I'm Summer. We are bisexually lit. This is a podcast about movies and life and everything in between. Two best friends who are loud and queer and love to talk about movies on and off mic and we'd like to take you along for the ride. Why did we name our podcast Bisexually Lit? Well, like, you know, A, we're bisexual. Extremely. B, we're, we're getting lit. We're giving literary and thematic readings to the movies we love. You can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We drop a new episode every other Monday, bi-weekly, if you will. Oh, I will. Have you ever seen something you couldn't explain? Have you ever felt like something was watching you, even when you were alone? Have your dreams ever started bleeding into the reality around you? Starting March 8th, join us bi-weekly as we travel around the contiguous United States sharing strange stories and discovering mysteries hidden within the vastness of America. Listen to Lower 48 on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, part two of our debate on Butterside Up or Butterside Down. A response from Butterside Up, Dr. Heathcliff. (laughs) As Heathcliff steps up to the microphone, Squeakers turns to the gang and says, Hey, uh, they're doing this again? I thought that part two, so why, why are they not talking about the second question? I don't know, maybe they came up with some actual good arguments during the recess and they want to do it over. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let me address the muttering in the crowd. Um, we had intended to discuss the spending of government funds during part two of our debate, but uh, we feel there is more to be gained from the discussion of Butterside Up or Butterside Down, and therefore we will continue with the Butterside Up Butterside Down debate. Yeah, Butterside Up! Butterside Down! Dr. Heathcliff. I just don't understand what why we're having this argument again. Oh, you're one of those Butterside Down people, aren't you, Squeakers? <laughs> Listen, they had a couple of good arguments, okay? But I think that people would be more interested in issues that actually affected them, don't you think? There is there is a mic down there with a spotlight. Maybe we can just like go up and ask some questions. Yeah, that's a great idea. Please direct your attention to the stage. Dr. Heathcliff finishes up his argument. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for those illuminating words, Dr. Heathcliff. I love you. Dr. Billford. Your response. 
I think I'm just going to go down there and ask some questions. I think. Yeah, do you think we have to wait for the Q&A or? Uh... Those who have buttered their toast, butter side up, know full well the effects of leaving the toast butter side up and allowing the butter to seep downwards, allowing for soggy toast. <gasps> But those who have buttered their toast butter side up do not know the pleasure of layering on jelly atop butter side down toast. Okay, now this just feels like they're moving the goalposts. They're bringing in jelly into this argument. Whoa. Is that even allowed? No. (laughs) I think I'm just going to go ask a question. Excuse me, excuse me. And Raindrop will push her way out of her seat and she will waddle down the stairs until she reads the microphone. Oh, Raindrop, come back. I got this, I got this. Excuse me? Um, young lady, unless you have a doctorate degree, I don't believe you are invited to this debate. I do have a doctorate. What is your doctorate in? And whose is it? (laughs) We'll circle back around to that. Um, I was just wondering, though, you guys did mention this incoming flood, and that sounds a little scary to me. A very small, innocent duckling who can't swim in storms? Um, two things, small and innocent duckling. This is a hypothetical flood. There's no flood coming. And secondly, why would a duckling be afraid of flood waters? Can you not float? Well, I think you're being a little racist It's racist. <laughs> ducklings float. But Dr. Milfred, surely you understand that it's not so much about if there's a flood, but rather when there's a flood. He said when. That seems important. I understand that eventually there will be a flood, but that is a ways off. And here, would you not rather continue the discussion of butter side up and butter side down? As an intellectual, surely you see the merits in such an argument. Well, of course I do. I've been making these arguments since before you were able to stand. So why are we allowing the duckling to sidetrack the debate? Well, perhaps the duckling has a good point to make. Haven't you ever thought about that, Bilfred? You're always so quick to jump to conclusions. So quick to jump to conclusions, Bilfred. And that is the time allotted (laughs) for our second debate. At popular request, we have decided that we will extend the debate. One more session. We will enjoy a five-minute recess and then continue. The gang reconvenes in their seats. Do we leave now? I'm, I'm so confused. Hamish is hard at work taking all the paper off of his candies that he bought. He sees the people are looking over at him curiously, and he says, Well, when you do it beforehand, you save yourself all the crinkles during the show. Oh, that's really smart. We're not leaving now, Squeakers. I want to see the end of this debate. Butter side up or butter side down? I guess we could do that. I mean, considering you're so close to the end, I guess you should see something that you want to see. Raindrop, I think that you asked a very pertinent question. Thank you. Um, I guess my question to you now, though, is after being treated like that, you don't want to go to college, do you? Oh, no. No. Boo college. Yeah, that, that's what I thought. Suckers. Good girl. To be fair, that was a very rude professor. I'd hate for that to sour you on the experience of college. Too late. Already soured. The storm, though, I think maybe we should find a window. I, he said it was hypothetical, but I feel like maybe it wasn't hypothetical. Mm. We still got, what, 
one and a half minutes of break left, we can just pop our heads out. Yeah, sure. Pop the window. Yes, let's go find a window. Walking out of the room, there's a bathroom line a mile long. Ugh. The gang walks past and looks towards the windows. Looking out the window, massive storm clouds have gathered above the city. Oh, no. oh that's not good. I don't think that's a hypothetical anymore. They thought it was a hypothetical, but it was a prophecy. Or just a thetical. 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 Yeah, thetical. Thetical. Should we, like, tell somebody about this? Rather than going to the authorities of the city, why don't we talk to the professors in the auditorium? Yeah, they're the ones with the bully pulpit. (laughs) At least we'll be able to, like, get the message out to everybody here if we just go on the stage and tell everybody, right? It's that classic use of free speech that you're supposed to do, yelling storm in a theater. But if it's true... Yeah, well, it's still rude. I say we go for it. Jeff reappears and is like, oh, you have to get to your seats. You have to get to your seats right now. The break just ended. It just ended. Get to your seats right now. Right now. We're coming, Jeff. Move, move, Jeff, we're coming. Ladies and gentlemen, part three of our debate on butter side up or butter side down. The debate on the spending of government funds for a hypothetical flood has been rescheduled for another day. They don't have time to reschedule. There's gonna be something happening out there. Squeakers, you'd better go tell them. Squeakers turns to Raindrop and says, Raindrop, I'm gonna teach you a very important lesson. Yes? This is something called delegation. Mm. Now, what I need you to do is I need you to go on that stage using your uh, reckless abandon. And I need you to tell everybody that there's a storm outside. And before Squeakers can even finish his sentence... Raindrop is gone into the crowd, and she's climbing over people and using the staircase to get to the bottom, where she snags the microphone and runs on stage, and she says, Hey, everyone, there's a big storm coming, and we're all going to (laughs) die. This is most unusual. Highly irregular. This kind of decorum will not be allowed. But I think we should probably take this a little serious, and everybody run and go pack your things. Um, why... I was expecting more of a everyone stand up kind of situation. I didn't think I'd have to argue this, but <clears throat> the entire audience remains still, just watching raindrop. Oh, these lights are really bright. Um, well, there is a storm coming, and um, I would think that squeakers, <laughs> squeakers from the audience stands up, cups his paws around his mouth, and says, "Tell him about the windows." Oh, yeah. During a recess, we went and we all looked out the big giant window, and it was a very beautiful window, let me tell you. But we looked out, and there was this big rolling cloud of angry thunder and lightning, and it's coming this way. And, I mean, I am a duckling, and I can float, and rain is kind of my favorite weather, but I know it's not your guys' favorite weather. So. <laughs> Child, you seem to have made the first mistake of debate. You see, you admitted Heathcliff. That- Even engaging with them acknowledges that their point is valid, and we don't need to do that. Too late. Already acknowledged. My point is valid. Um, professors, Aldenern yells from the back of the auditorium. There is, in fact, a storm coming. We've seen it out the windows, and it seemed from the topic of the second debate that in the event of a small flood, your town might be washed away. These coming clouds portend a possible coming flood, and this should be taken into account even before the fascinating butterside up, butterside down debate. Yeah, what he said. 
Wait, uh, are you two agreeing on the matter? He presented quite a strong argument. Why don't you debate, duck? The weasel pulls up two more chairs onto the stage. Oh, oh, I'm too young for university. The crowd is chanting, debate, 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 debate. Listen, we don't have time for debate. Oh, if you insist. <laughs> no, Aldern. <laughs> Aldern oh, no. flutters down to the stage. They found Aldern's weakness. Yeah, his own self-importance. Oh. Aldern straightens up and ruffles his feathers and straightens his coat. I have presented my argument as to why this should be resolved immediately without continuing the butterside up, butterside down debate, and I await your response. Uh, moderator, moderator, this gentleman doesn't seem to have his credentials to appear on this stage, does he? Moderator, hardly know her. Hold <laughs> <laughs> again. I may not have a doctorate. I may only have my master's degree. <laughs> Are you then afraid to argue with someone with a mere master's degree, doctor? I'm only trying to defend the sanctity of our rules and institutions. We if, can if... have that debate at another time. I didn't think I was debating. I thought I was declaring. And someone is here to back up my declaration. It's my speaking partner, Heathcliff. Yes, you see, my friend uh, here, Napoleon, gave us a very important message. You see, when one comes to an institution of learning, but proceeds to do the teaching, well, one might be confused as to the integrity of the entire system. Okay, fair enough. I'll tell you what. I will come back when I have earned my doctorates and the right to debate upon this stage, if this stage is still standing and has not been washed away by a minor flood. Good day, doctors. I really believed in you, Heathcliff, and Aye. it paid off. Seeing Aldrin leave the stage, Raindrop removes her hand from the fire alarm she was just about to pull and follows him off. Raindrop! Yes. You may want to pull that alarm. Yes! Dink! <laughs> Aldern scoops up Raindrop <laughs> and flutters over the crowds, and the four companions exit the auditorium. Sound of the fire alarm blaring behind. There's a lot of commotion within the auditorium, but no one is leaving. And as the group exits the halls of the college, it begins to rain. Well, we tried. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I think I've got something here. And Hamish takes the papers from all of his candies and he folds them together into a giant origami boat. That's a lot of papers. I ate a lot of candy. I'm a large boy. <laughs> As they step out onto the grounds, the grass in front of them is already an inch deep with water. I hope that that there thing is seaworthy. Captain Raindrop? Aye, aye. I think we have another dinghy for you. Yes, Captain Mount 2. All aboard. <laughs> Oh, 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 away. <laughs> <laughs> Our friends set sail in their paper boat across the city of Euclid. As the gang floats down the street, the college is swept away behind them. Our friends can see the four professors sitting on a ramshackle raft. 
And to that point, I say, Professor, I too was a man who ate my toast butter side up until I tried it butter side down. <laughs> we must stick with our traditions. That's enough, Heathcliff. Next week on Wander and Rome. The group floats out of Euclid University on Hamish's makeshift candy boat, swirling through the empty, flooded streets until they hit the edge of town. By the time the last wrapper falls apart, the group finds themselves on the edge of a long purple carpet leading to a magnificent candy factory. A group of excited children stand before a giant golden gate, waiting eagerly. Welcome to Wendy Winch's Candy Factory. Music for Wander and Rome is written and performed by Gary Argyle. Wander and Rome is produced by Winterhawk Podcasts and Gary Argyle. For more great shows, visit winterhawkpodcasting.com. Mm-hmm.